right well today I'm joined by the lovely Vix Meldrew who has actually been my number one requested guest amongst people I've spoken to everyone is always like you've got to get Vix on um so I'm really really excited to catch up today Vix how how are you doing this year how have things been in business so far yeah oh that well that's really sweet so thank you um yeah I'm I am loving life this year you know I've spoken about this on some other podcasts and in, in my content as well 2022 was a really really tricky year and it I know that that's quite common for a lot of business owners I know that there were a lot of business owners that had a great 2022 as well uh, but I think that it's really important to share that it was a really tricky year or well, I'd, I'd say like definitely the first nine months of the year were really tricky for me uh, and things did sort of start to turn itself around towards the latter end of 2022 and then I feel like I just brought that momentum into 2023 and loving life I love that. And I also really feel that I felt very much the same. Why do you think it was that it was so tricky for you? So for me personally, um, I was going through a bit of a transition in business in that previously to 2022, my thing was helping small businesses grow their Instagram so that they could generate, you know, more sales, more traffic, more clients, all that kind of stuff. And I really fell out of alignment with teaching about Instagram sort of it was kind of like a, a thing that evolved all across 2021 and by the end of 2021 I was looking at my membership that I had Grow and Glow uh, which was teaching people all about Instagram and I made the decision not to reopen the doors and in fact to close the membership because I was feeling really pulled to sort of pivot what I was doing into the area that I was kind of feeling myself more aligned with and more passionate about and then that kind of I kind of started that pivot at the beginning of sort of end of 2021, beginning of 2022. But at the same time, I did spend a good sort of like six months of the year almost straddling to offers, services, niches, whatever you want to call it. One where I was still trying to help people with their content and one where I was trying to help coaches and service providers launch their courses and programs. And because my feet weren't all in in either business, niche, again, whatever you want to call it, things felt very, very stuck. And it wasn't until I actually went on holiday in July of 2022, went to the lovely island of Jersey, which is now one of my favorite places to go. Um, and I completely switched off from thinking about work, completely switched off from forcing, okay, what's my next thing? What's my plan? How am I going to move forward? Which were kind of these questions I'd been trying to force the answers to all year. And I just switched off for the week. And it was actually when I came back from that week that I just thought, you know what, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And almost that decision of like, yes, this is the focus for me kicked off all of the momentum. Um, so then towards the end of 2022, things started to feel like they were picking up again. Things in business felt easier again. I felt more aligned, felt more creative and everything from there just started to flow really. Amazing. I have really loved watching the whole thing unfold because I don't know if you remember this, but we had a conversation and I have no idea when this was. It was probably around that time where mm. I remember you were saying to me on Zoom, I have this idea and I want to help people run better courses. But I don't know if like, would, would people even buy that? You were kind of in that stage of you, you were thinking about it, but you didn't know if it was what you were going to do. Mm. And having had that conversation with you and then see you actually do it and get to where you are now it's been so much fun to see it happen 
Yeah, no, it's if now it feels so good, but you know, I I can relate to any business owner or anyone who's in that space of I want to try something, but I don't know if it's going to work and trying it and feeling like it's not working for quite a long time, but seeing it through, uh, you know, I'm kind of on the other side of it, but I can relate to a lot of people that are in that place where like, ah, what I'm doing now doesn't feel in alignment. What I really want to do is this, but I'm just not sure. Uh, and kind of sitting with that for a really long time, like I did. So yeah, it does, it does feel nice to be on the other side of that now. When you look back at the fact that you said you were straddling both for a while, would you go back and change that? Would you take action or make a decision earlier? Or do you think you needed that amount of time in the middle before you could get to where you are now? I, um, that's a really good question, actually. (laughs) Um, I would have liked it to have happened sooner, but I learned a lot of lessons. So it's kind of like, yes, I would have liked to have just been more decisive and for it to have just come and me been like enlightened and for it to all click into place. Because at the time it was a really, it felt really tricky and really hard to work through. And I don't want to go through that again. But again, look, you know, hindsight is 2020 and all of those like cliches. It's definitely now like, oh, okay, well, I can take this from it and take that from it. And am I right in thinking that you started with a dating blog? Is that, was that the first thing that you did? Yes, 2014, 20, no wait, 2014, I actually just started a, just a general lifestyle blog. And then I think it was 2016, 2015, 2016, when I became single. And that's when I switched it to dating. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it's not like your first evolution, right? Like you've done these big changes before. Yeah. And do you think they get easier or is it just as hard every time? Uh, So I've had a couple of my evolutions that were way more easier than this one. And I I know why that is. And why that is, is that previous evolutions were almost like called for and I reacted to. Whereas for me, this evolution, what would have been easier in my business was to just carry on helping people with Instagram. Like as Instagram as a platform has gotten worse and worse and worse, it would have been easier for me to just keep helping people, try and make the most of it, try and make it better for them. That would have been the easiest scenario. So it wasn't called for me to make this switch um, on on a big scale, Uh, but there was definitely something in there that that was calling it. So yeah, some of my kind of pivots have been a lot easier than this last one but yeah it's all good (laughs) I mean it looks it looks great from the outside now like it makes complete sense what you do people seem to love it like you seem to be like the go-to for people who want to make courses does it feel from your side that everything has fallen into place or is there still stuff at the moment that you're like oh I haven't quite nailed this bit Yeah, I think it's falling into place. And, you know, there's always this big rush for business owners to have it like all figured out before you sell your first product or before you take on your first client, you know, to have all of your messaging figured out and your branding figured out and all of this kind of stuff figured out. But actually, yeah, there is, you know, something to be said for starting with a good plan of action and some clarity and some strategy and all that kind of stuff. But often it's not until you're in the weeds of, creating the content, marketing, selling, speaking to clients, working with clients, delivering your offers and services until until you're kind of doing that more and more things start becoming an apparent and you're like, oh, I assumed 
my clients needed help with X, Y, Z, but now I'm in it with them. What I'm learning is that they're really experiencing ABC. So mm. I wouldn't say it's all hundred percent fallen into place. And I, I don't, I don't know if any business owner ever had, I mean, you know, maybe they do, but has it always hundred percent fallen into place? But I think that's one of the exciting things about business and, and just doing it is that each kind of step that you take sort of lightens up the next step or gives you more clarity over other things. Yeah. And I often think about this because what you said about business owners kind of wanting it all to sort of have happened I often think oh I wish I could just get to whatever the thing is I'm after Mm -hmm. and then I remember that getting there is the bit that I enjoy Mm -hmm. when I'm there that's the bit that feels like oh now I need a new thing so it's it's that constant reminding of like this is the bit that I have fun in and this experimenting and not having all the answers is the bit that as an entrepreneur like most of us love and actually if you could just click your fingers and get there tomorrow you probably wouldn't be that satisfied anyway yeah because then you're always like what's next what's what's next like we're we're never ever happy with the final destination and I I always give this example back to my days when I was teaching business owners about Instagram I had an influencer come to me who had over a million followers who came to me saying oh Vix I'm really struggling with Instagram at the moment and I was just bewildered I was like you have a million followers like you have like quarter of a million people engaging on every single one of your posts what do you mean that you're struggling um but that was because their next goal was like the two million and their next goal was the half a million engagement on each post and they they just weren't progressing there as quickly as they liked to and that was my big like aha moment of our goal our goals are never the final day destination they're never sort of like enough because even if we right now think I would love to be working with five clients a month once you've done that you're like yeah five clients but in half the time or 10 clients and there'll be something next to work towards because I think that is just this entrepreneurial thing of we're just much more like motivated and excited when we've got things to work towards so I kind of never stress out and pressurize myself to reach X, Y, Z, because I'm like, it's coming. It's going to come at some point. Let's just enjoy what we learn and, and experience along the way. Yeah, 100%. And I think you get used to where you are as well, don't you? So like the other day I was looking at my emails and I had this email that didn't do so well and it's still got hundreds and hundreds of opens. And in my head, I was like, yeah, but that's not good enough compared to what it normally is. But if you'd have told like 2018 Gemma that she was going to have an email that hundreds of people read that would have like blown my mind I'd have been happy with like two (laughs) but you just kind of as you advance like your norm changes and so it you never do get to that bit where you're like oh this is great because it's always in comparison to what could be in future rather than what you necessarily had in the past. 100% and I definitely see this across the board um, post pandemic and post COVID because so many online business owners that I work with specifically in like the course launching program launching space is that in 20 and this is myself as well in 2020 I had 350 people sign up for one course whereas in 2022 and 2023 my kind of record is 80, 80 something and Part of me is like, oh, why aren't I hitting the 350? Why aren't I hitting the 350? Um, Without exactly going, well, in 2019, I'd be bloody happy with 80 or without looking at the kind of wider context of things. And I see this so much in small businesses, product-based businesses, service-based businesses who kind of hit the dizzying heights in uh, in 2020 or uh, yeah, possibly the beginning of 2021 as well. 
now coming out the other side and getting perhaps launches that are a bit smaller, maybe it's feeling a bit trickier to convert more people. And instead of looking at the wider context, especially in the course and program industry, are just beating themselves up of like, and again, in 2019, they would love to enroll 20 people into their course, but because in 2020, they enrolled 100, now enrolling 25 feels like a huge downgrade because uh, mm-hmm. they're not taking kind of all the contexts in into account and just kind of beating ourselves up. And I do definitely think that, um, I think we spoke about this when we had our Zoom catch up as well, 2022, 2023 is almost like a baseline leveler. Again, it's almost bringing us back down from the, the the weirdness that was that time period and for a lot of people they haven't been able to readjust they haven't been able to rebaseline they've seen it as a total failure and they've seen it as a right I might might as well kind of quit rather than okay let's just start and go again mm-hmm. yeah I I feel this so much because I um I was one of those people who in 2020, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is great. Everything's taken off so quickly. And um, me and my friend, we always talk about it as like the infamous 2020, because whenever we want to bring ourselves down, it's like, oh yeah, but in 2020, I did this thing. Mm. And you're so right that it's like, you can't even compare because that year was just so Mm. crazy, right? Like so many things were happening and no one knew what was going on. It was just one of those things that we could never have predicted. And so to keep holding that as your baseline is just not fair to yourself right and you're just going to keep punishing yourself and feeling rubbish when actually you could look at okay let's let's start afresh today and not even compare to that year that we can't even compare to yeah and I completely get it like this is why we had to close the membership at the end of the day because we scaled so quickly to you know at one point we had 1200 active members and then because we scaled so quickly, we were every month we were gaining more members that we were losing. We were like putting more and more things into place and just scaling really super quickly. And then sort of 2021 hit and more specifically sort of like the middle to end of 2021. And suddenly we were losing more members than we were gaining because that kind of peak of COVID had started to come down. But because we'd scaled so quickly, we couldn't sustain the losses that we were kind of hitting. And and so that's why we had to close the membership. You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't sustaining itself like I needed to at the rate that we scaled. So I totally get when businesses have done the same thing. They've scaled way beyond what they ever thought was possible. And then the kind of post 2020 peak comes down again. And suddenly it's like, ah, this isn't um, sustainable at this kind of rate of scale that I've done. And of course it's so easy to, um, you know, to, to, just say okay right I'm just gonna have to stop and and do something else not everybody um can do a pivot or wants to pivot from their original business to something new um so yeah it's definitely I can see for a lot of people how how it has been a bit of a a tricky time for sure when when you're in that that bit where members were dropping off quicker than they were joining and you were realizing like oh hang on a minute this is not sustainable how were you feeling in that moment like was that hard for you or was it something where you were able to look at it really logically and be like okay well we're just gonna have to change something and we'll we'll figure it out 
Mm. I mean, in a, in a way, I am a very logical person. And I also think like part of it is a delusion. So um, I don't tend to take a thing like touch would take a lot of things personally. So I could see it much more objectively. Um, I was noticing the trends on social media. I was noticing, you know, the trends of speaking with clients and with members. And so I was able to see the bigger picture and kind of, I've always been that type of person anyway, who can zoom out and see trends and kind of see where things are going. So I never took it kind of personally as like, oh no, people are leaving me and people don't want to learn from me. It was just much more like, ah, okay, this this service isn't doing what it, it used to do and people don't need this kind of thing in the way that they needed it these last couple of years. Um, and we did try, you know, a few last minute things of like, okay, let's change the format. Let's change this. Let's strip this back to try and kind of salvage what we could. But, you know, again, because I was just having a bit of a two kind of things were happening at once. I was having a kind of bigger read on where things were going and feeling like, mm, I just don't know if that's the route that I want to go. Um, and then also at the same time, feeling this pull to pivot. And it almost just kind of both came at the same time where it was kind of like, oh, okay, maybe that's my decision made for me. And like now you are where you are and you're offering different offers. Does it feel, does it feel the way you wanted it to? Does it feel like, oh yeah, this is where I'm meant to be? Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, I speak about this a lot of my clients. Previously, my business model was very much high, uh, low ticket, high volume. And the business pivot that I've made now is much more um, higher ticket, lower volume. So that's been something really a really interesting switch because I built my entire business essentially on this model of high uh, high volume, low ticket. So it was, it was a complete change in that way. And at the beginning, it was very much like having to get used to the lower volume, but then still looking at the bottom line numbers and being like, huh. I'm somehow more profitable and hmm, I'm somehow this and and kind of getting to grips with it. So again, it's that I, I still feel like, um, you, you know, like I said, nothing is 100% falling into place, but I'm definitely, you know, understanding this business model more, understanding my place in it and, and carving those things out. So yeah, it, feel, it feels like we're getting there. Good. And anyone who is listening who doesn't know what it is that you do, how would you describe the transformation that you give to people? Yeah, so my favorite thing to do is to work with coaches and service providers who have already got online courses or programs that again, maybe they launched them for the first time in 2020, but something has never kind of felt right. Maybe they were taught to put them together in the very old school way of creating courses, which is just essentially package package up what you know and sell it to as many people as possible. And they found that Maybe they weren't getting testimonials. They weren't getting the repeat business when it came to launching and selling their courses and programs. Things just felt a little bit icky. They didn't feel like they wanted to shout about them from the rooftops. And what I help with is like, I know for the majority of people, it's not always a sales problem. It's an offer problem. It's that your curriculum, your framework and your offer all together isn't kind of engaging your clients, helping them take action and actually helping them learn so that they shout about it from the rooftops and you feel really good about it. So yeah, in a nutshell, what I kind of do is help people dive into their courses and programs or create new ones from scratch, following a more learning centered approach, which is designed to get people to engage more, to get more act, to take more action and get better results from your courses and programs so that you feel great about them, so your clients feel great about them. So when it comes to relaunching them, 
you can shout about them from the rooftops. It's so needed, so necessary. I remember having this conversation with you before, I think, but um, I think there's a lot of emphasis on making money and getting clients. And so really trying to get people through the door into whatever it is that you're selling, but then not as much emphasis on making sure that the thing that you've sold is actually amazing inside as well. And so I've worked with quite a few clients who have, they've signed people because they've been doing all the sales stuff that they've been taught. But then when the client is in the container, it's stressful because that bit isn't perfected and that bit isn't clear and the transformation isn't ready and it all just feels a bit messy inside so I love that you're working on that bit as well yeah it's definitely something that's not as shiny and sexy as like let me tell you how to launch and make like 100k in a day it's it is like you said it's more on the delivery aspect the engagement aspect but the transformation I've seen in the clients that I've worked with just in this like last year and a half where they have gone back to, let me create this offer from scratch. Let me build out this curriculum and framework from scratch in a way that feels better for me. feels better for the clients. I know they're going to engage more. I know they're going to take more action. Then when they relaunch it, it's like they're two completely different people <laughs> because I kind of use this um this analogy in an Instagram post where if you are chatting to your friend and you've just been for a meal at like an average restaurant, you'd be like, oh, it ha- you know, it was fine. I had steak and chips and yeah, it was fine. And the service was okay. The atmosphere was all right. That's how you kind of like sell it to your friend. Whereas when you've been and the meal is the most amazing meal you've ever had, the service was top notch and the environment was so inclusive and welcoming and, and lovely the way you rave about it completely changes. So that was that's always been interesting for me to see in my clients, like looking at how they're currently selling and currently launching. And then once they've dug in and tr- sort of transformed their offer itself, how they then sell and launch things, it's just a completely different way of, way of showing up because you have 100% belief and conviction in what you're selling. You know, I've worked with clients that have come to me and they've had 400 people through their course And then they tell me that only 2% of them have actually even started the course. And they feel like, how can I sell this thing? How can I relaunch this thing? Like, I feel like I'm scamming people because I'm telling everyone how amazing this course is. Yet what's 2% of 400? It's like eight or something, isn't it? I don't know. (laughs) Um, I'm not very quick at maths. I was like, it's not 80, maybe it's eight. Um, You know, how can you show up and sell it with conviction when you kind of know that that's what's going on in the background? If you know in the background, you're being asked, for refunds if you know in the background um people are saying you know oh I haven't really been able to take action and I don't really get this and I haven't been able to complete the work and if that's all happening once people are inside your program how do you then go out to everyone else and be like you should join this it's amazing yeah and I think again it's one of those things that quite difficult to talk about right like if you are running something that is successful from the outside but behind the scenes it's like oh gosh I've got complaints and people are not actually doing the work and people are not seeing results I feel like that's one of those things that people don't necessarily want to tell everybody and it's really important that there are people like you putting stuff together so that they can actually work through that and also see that they're not alone right like the thing that they're experiencing they're not the only one feeling that way and that there is something to be done about it um a question that came up while you were talking then about what the transformation is for your clients I'm curious about whether you've seen a difference in now that you offer sort of higher ticket compared to before do you find that people show up more given that they've invested more money um 
Yes. I mean, it's really, it's not an exact comparison. So it's hard for me to give a definitive answer because, you know, a £27 a month membership is so different from like a £1,200 like program. So it's hard for me to tell. And, you know, even if I look at a lot of my clients, even when they have higher ticket things, engagement is something that they still struggle with. So the way I kind of explain things to my clients is that we want to create our experiences as if 100% of our clients can get 100% results. However, it is impossible. People have stuff that comes up, people move, they change jobs, they have life situations, their Wi-Fi goes down for a week. Like there's so much stuff that happens in our clients' lives that we're not privy to. So, you know, there there will be times where we'll get just, you know, people just won't be engaging in the program. And some people kind of go from one end of the the scale to the other. There's some people who feel 100% responsibility for their clients' results and will beat themselves up if their clients aren't engaging and aren't doing the work. And then there's people on the other end of the, the kind of scale who say, I've set it up, it's running, not my problem. And what I'm trying to do is be like, right, why can we bring, can we bring it to the middle here? Can we facilitate our experiences so that there is the possibility that 100% of people will get 100% results, but we're not going to beat ourselves up. We know we're doing better than the bare minimum, as it were. We know we're having good intentions and we know that we have strategically designed this course or program to achieve maximum results and maximum engagement. However, we know that we're working with adults, autonomous adults who have their own lives, own stuff going on, own priorities. And And, you know, sometimes that's going to mean that they're not always in the Facebook group or showing up to the live calls or or whatever. Uh, But we've still structured it so it's supportive for people to us to almost like meet our clients where they're at rather than being like, here's the course, access it or don't, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it can be hard, can't it, when you've ran something and you've put your heart and soul into it and then you're sat on a live call and nobody turns up like or one person turns up that can be something that's hard not to take personally um I think it's really important to remember like you said like we've got no idea what's going on in people's lives and ultimately you can do things to make it easier for people to take part and attend but ultimately if for whatever reason people don't come along it's not necessarily anything about you yeah 100% like I've had people not show up you know even programs that I was running last year um you know, after however many years of experience and and this being the thing that I specifically teach, like I remember the pro, a program that I was running Course Confident last year, it got to the summer and people just weren't showing up for the calls. I thought to myself, well, of course it's the summer, like people, um, they're on different time zones, Every, you know, people's priorities change in the summer. Um, maybe if they've got children off of school, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and Again, luckily, like I said, I'm a bit of a person who's logical and deluded at the same time. So I would never take that personally. I never went, oh gosh, this course just isn't really living up to things. It's da da da. I thought, right, okay, I have to react to this. I have to support my clients where they're at. And I just turned around to them and I said, look, I get it. I don't want to freaking be here in the summer either. <laughs> like we've all got different priorities. Why don't we put a pin in these calls and why don't we pick it up in four weeks' time? And everyone reached back, oh my gosh, Vix, thank you so much. I felt so guilty. I felt that I was falling behind. I felt this, I felt that. Um, And then September came, first call back, people showed up, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes 
because we're following these very cookie cutter blueprint ways of your course must do this and your program must do that and it must have this and it must have that we forget that we're the experts we're the experts in our topic we're the experts in our business we're the experts in our people and so therefore we can take more of a lead and change things as and when needed so you know, for example, if no, if you if you came to a call, and this I did this a couple of times, and no one showed up, I just said, look, no one's here, so I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes going over some frequently asked questions that you've been asking me in between the calls, and then I'm going to sling this up as a replay. So hopefully, it's still helpful to, to those of you that can watch this back. You know, being able to take the lead and say, you know, rather than the kind of completely meltdown, oh my gosh, no one's here, like I'm such a failure, everyone hates this course. Just being like, okay, let's just roll with it. Maybe I'll change these calls to bi-weekly. Or maybe I'll say to you, look, I won't host calls for four weeks, get some work done and then come back to me. You know, we can be in charge of our experiences. And it's so nice to hear that you also have those experiences because I think it's easy to look at your own situation and be like, oh my gosh, like no one else is experiencing this. And then look at, you know, people like you who have, bigger Instagram followings or whatever else they might be comparing to and think oh I bet she doesn't feel like that but Mm. actually it's really nice to hear that we're all just human going through the same thing yeah exactly and this is why my thing is that if we facilitate like I kind of use this analogy of a house and their and its foundations what we're trying to do at the moment when we've previously learned how to create courses and programs is almost just like whack up a shack using any material that we can find and bosh it out as quickly as possible, but then maybe paint the exterior so it looks really nice. But then when we're inside it, we're like, oh my gosh, is that wall going to crumble down? How You know, that kind of thing. Whereas when I talk about it, I'm like, let's build our offers as if they have this sustainable, unshakable foundation so that we have facilitated everything in our power to be as accessible, as engaging, as actionable as possible. So that if somebody wants to come and throw a stone at our window, miss a call, ask for a refund, say that they're not getting something from it, we know that we've done our best to intentionally create these foundations as opposed to in that kind of ramshackle, (laughs) I don't know, shed that we've whacked up, people start throwing stones at it, it's going to come crumbling down. Yeah, I I love that. And it's such a good point that we need that stability because let's face it, in business, there is stuff every day that could make your shack fall down, right? Like there's always unpredictable stuff. You know, we're working with people and people are unpredictable too. And things can happen all the time. And if you do have like, really shaky foundations there are any number of things that could make it all crumble and throw you off on some sort of mindset spiral about how everything is awful and actually having those foundations is gonna keep you feeling like okay things can happen but I'm all good like I'm okay where I'm at and I can handle those things and I think that's one of the things that I see a lot in in people that I speak to is that they have tried to race through all the steps of building a business to try and get to the end goal as quick as possible get all the money and the clients and then if something happens like a complaint or I don't know like a a nasty comment on a picture and everything falls down because Mm. there wasn't a stable enough foundation that it was built on. Mm. And it's, yeah, it comes down to like processes and things like that. Like I, I always talk to my clients about some, say like a corporation like Marks and Spencers, if a client buys a pair of trousers that has a hole in it, they have a specific process for saying, look, this has got a hole in it. Um, and I'd like a refund or I'd like an exchange. 
they also have a process for if that client if that customer comes in and starts hurling abuse at staff how to handle that but it's all very impersonal like the ceo isn't losing sleep because that per that one person wanted to re uh, you know return a pair of trousers that has a hole in it and we are all kind of like personal brands. We're very close to our clients. It's very like us and them. So we don't always necessarily want to treat ourselves like these big shot kind of CEOs, but we can take that stable foundation and that process into our businesses. And this is what I mean, like Marks and Spencers know they make really, really good trousers. So if one person has an issue with one pair of trousers, it's no big deal. We'll look into it. We'll refund it. We'll exchange it. It's all good. You know, and sometimes we go the opposite way, whereas if somebody wants to challenge our expertise, wants to challenge how we're doing things, wants to ghost middle of a program, wants to, you know, say I'm not actually getting out of this what I thought, we will just be like, oh, my gosh, the whole program, everything I do, my whole business, my whole being means, you know, everything's bad instead of going, OK, well, here's the process for dealing with this. You know, and and again, when we go back to how course creation and program creation is initially taught, nobody fucking covers this stuff because, like you said, it's all about getting people in, and there's nothing about what do we do when when they're in. Yeah, I've I've noticed on the podcast I've recorded recently, the theme is that like the non sexy stuff is actually the sexy stuff long term. Yes, yes, and I think it's it's really hard sometimes to like I mean we probably know that logically right but like when you're seeing all these fancy things on Instagram it's like oh yeah but I want to jump into this thing because it looks really good but actually it's all these like really solid foundations these you know the inner work as well like understanding yourself if you are going to spiral every time something happens but you want a business to last long term like you need to dive into that stuff and that's not going to be as sexy or as fun necessarily as making I don't know six figures overnight but actually long-term that will make you feel better. And mm. I think that maybe, and I don't know whether this is just who I'm following and who I'm surrounding myself with, but I do feel like maybe there's a shift in the conversation towards that happening. Yeah, I think it coupled with the shift away from the kind of bro marketing and away from the overblown promises and the kind of shiny stuff that you know, I think a lot of people who started business at the same time, you know, I started my, I started my proper, proper business, say like 2018 and what were 2023 now. So almost five years, uh, actually it's just gone past five years, five years into business, uh, you're not kind of bedazzled by as much as the shiny stuff as perhaps you are in the first year of business, because you're not, you know, to use terms, you're not problem aware. In your mind, I'm starting a business, that means I need clients and I want it to overtake, you know, a salaried position. So I need to be making X, Y, Z a month. And this person is telling me my quickest route to 5K is this, so I'm going to learn this. And this person is telling me my quickest route to 5K is this, so I'm also going to learn that. And it's all very like kind of like short term, maybe even like superficial uh, solutions. And it's only when you're actually, you know, we touched on this earlier, like in the weeds of it, where you're like, do you know what? Actually, I don't need to learn that. What I do need to learn is how to fix this or how to do this properly or how to have a strategy here and how to get this set up. And sometimes though, those are like the less sexy things. But, you know, in, in what I do now, a lot of the clients that come to me have already been selling courses and programs for two to three years. And nobody has ever almost like put the language to what they're feeling. 
So when I start speaking about it, they're like, oh yeah, like I didn't get any testimonials or I found that only one person in my last program actually completed it and nobody's put that language to it before. So that's when they start to be like, oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, this is, this is helping me see what my next step could be. But it's way less sexier than if I came out and was like, I'm going to teach you how to make your first 100K with your online course. Oh, I'd probably have millions of clients if I did that. Uh, But I know that to make millions with your courses and programs, you need to have X, Y, Z in place first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like we're in a similar headspace because we started in the same year. I was 2018 as well. And when I've been looking into my offers for this year, I've been coming at it from the exact same place. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see you do it. I'm excited to do it myself. And I'm excited for the people who do start to invest in the, I don't know, like the less sexy stuff and for that to become more sexy as a result, because I want people to succeed and to have businesses that last, you know, the rest of however long they want to work, the rest of their working life, rather than a business that like in 2020 shoots up overnight, all falls apart and leaves you feeling worse than before you even started. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important. I'm excited for you. Uh, but what are you working on for the rest of the year? Like, what are you, what are you up to? What have you got coming? Anything exciting? Yeah. So every year I tell myself that I'm going to take the summer off. So like July, August, because my productivity nosedives. I just want to be out pub beer garden, barbecue garden, reading my book in the garden, going swimming, like all that kind of stuff. And every year I say, you know, I'm going to take that time off because I just want to be outside and I just want to relax. And then I never blimmin' do. So this year that's been my number one focus is structuring my year so that I can take time off in the summer. So I launched my course in a day program at the beginning of the year and worked with 23 incredible people to get their new courses and programs launched that's coming back again in may so depending when this goes out it might we might already be in it or it might be um coming and then after that um i'm just kind of setting up a few more of my previous things that i've created into kind of pre-recorded sort of evergreen stuff so that the summer i can be off and then towards the end of the year probably will bring course in a day back as another live version maybe like q4 Um, And then also running along at the same time, I have my mini mind, which is for scaling course creators. uh, And we have six incredible people in that. And that's just that's just running all year, (laughs) um, which is fab. And then I offer my one to one services, which is, again, like I said, for those coaches and service providers that have already got courses and programs, but want some kind of clarity over what's not feeling good and what's not feeling in alignment. So they can relaunch it with more excitement and ease. Um, I kind of book a few of those slots every month. So doing bits and bobs, but the main project is Project Summer Off. I love that. And I'm so here for you taking the summer off and getting some sun because every year I tell myself, I'm going to take Christmas off like a whole month over Christmas. (laughs) And it's off in my calendar, but whether I actually take it off or not is like, it's debatable. Exactly. And I'm quite good. Like I'm, my work-life balance is very, very good. I probably work, air quotes work, less than 10 hours a week in my business. Sometimes it's four hours, sometimes it's 12, but like average is less than 10 hours a week in my business, which is something I'm really proud of that I've managed to get to this point. But I think sometimes not working, aka not creating content, not working with clients not delivering not doing admin is very different than not thinking about your business Mm -hmm. and 
that's what I tend to do when I'm taking time off as in delivery off I'm still thinking about it I'm still plotting I'm still ideating I'm still you know planning and all that kind of stuff and what I found especially last year like I mentioned when I took that holiday off 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 didn't think about business wasn't trying to force anything wasn't trying to plan stuff and trying to come up with ideas that is when a huge shift happened so that's what I mean that's what I want to get to this summer is take it off of the delivery side of things but also take off the kind of okay what's next what's the plan yeah it's the the headspace stuff is sometimes the harder bit in my opinion like I would say I probably spend more hours a week thinking and coming up with ideas and just the noise in my brain than I actually spend delivering which is crazy but um yeah it takes up a lot more time than we think but um thank you so much for for coming and hanging out with me for the last 40 minutes it's been such a good conversation and um I'm really glad that that we got to have this this chat on the podcast but where can people come and find you if they want to come work with you what are your links and stuff Oh, well, thank you. I love our catch-ups. This feels like when, just when we Zoom each other anyway. So <laughs> um, yes, you can find me on Instagram at VixMeldrew. My website is VixMeldrew.com. And I really recommend signing up to my email list because I send a weekly series called Launch Letters, which is the true behind the scenes of launches, my launches, client launches. And I attempt to kind of share observations and experiences, but also things that I'm learning along the way to teach you along the way. So you can find out how to sign up for that um, at my Instagram link in bio, but also if you just go to fixmeldry.com, there's a sign up form there. Amazing. Thank you so much, Vix. Thanks, mate.